Welcome to Random Gaming Talk, it's Entertainment Talks podcast for video games. I'm your host Matthew, joining me today, my co-host is Roberts. How are you today? I'm doing good today, how are you doing? Not too bad, it's been a, it's been a different week, both good and bad, but uh, that's just the way that is. Um, what have you been playing in the last week? I've been bouncing around a few things. Uh, I've been playing a good chunk of Division 2. I finished up the main, second part main uh, story, and I finished a couple of the side uh, main uh, missions. Been working on getting my gear score up, that kind of fun stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, I downloaded, but haven't had a chance to start yet, Observer, which is a game I had not heard about at any level. Good thing I've um, heard but it's It's sure. a part of Game Pass, so I was able to install it for free, but okay. it uh, popped up because it is uh, uh, a lot of CG voice and face work from Rutger Hauer, who recently passed away. Oh. And he's such a huge actor. Uh, and it's a cyberpunk world, so it's also going to get me, you know, a little bit hyped up for Cyberpunk 2077 to be able to play a cyberpunk game. Mm-hmm. Um, other than that, uh, bouncing a little bit of this, a little bit of that. Um, but nothing really stand out that needs to be talked about so okay cool uh so i jumped in and played but basically my plan which was what i ended up doing um was to get dragon quest 11 on ps4 uh play like you know a, a good enough portion of it to where i know if i liked it or not or if the game kind of clicked uh to begin with it did and then i thought okay if i send it back today and then basically wait for the switch version which is coming out on the 20th of uh september uh, so it is a little while away still, but I do want it on the Switch, just because of, you know, the uh, portability portability option. Um, so yeah, I played rough, I only played about, you know, the first 20 minutes or so of the game, and I got a good sort of gist of, um, well, that I liked it, basically. Uh, it looks really, really good, the cutscenes look amazing, and, um, you know, I've been looking for kind of a turn-based thing, turn-based-ish sort of thing, uh, since, like, start South Park, the, uh, is it the, uh, the, the Fractured But Whole, yeah, I was thinking of Stick yeah. of Truth, but Stick of Truth is the uh, the first one, because obviously I liked the um, second South Park game, uh, you know, the superhero stuff and all that, and I've been looking for, although that game is more like a chess-type strategy game in that sort of way, like we're still with attacks and that, but this is more, you know, Final Fantasy turn-based and all that sort of stuff, um, I quite like it, so yeah, I've sent it back, and I'm going to be playing uh, that on the 20th of September when it comes out on Switch, so that, that was the plan, and it went well, so... Uh, that was basically that. Uh, I've been playing Apex Apex Construct, which I, I remember describing the game last week on the podcast and saying that I had got it, but I hadn't played uh, any of it. Uh, I think I've almost finished it. It's hard to tell. It seems like the plot is kind of coming to an end. Um, it's a relatively short-ish game, I would say, between like four and eight hours-ish. It depends how much you get stuck. And that sort of stuff. Um, but yeah, it's got these first-person bow and arrow mechanics, which is really, really good. It's got this interesting sort of. Um, did you see how much of a loss did you see? I mean, I've seen all the seasons. Okay. I haven't seen it in a long time, but I've seen all the seasons. Right. Um, you know the this isn't a spoiler in any way, shape, or form, really. Um, you know the type of computer that they had in the hatch, that old style of like computer. Mm-hmm. Um, Apex Construct has basically got a bunch of those sort of computers in it, and you sort of have to use, um, like, the old style of menus uh, to navigate things, so it's a little bit more, like, challenging in that kind of way. It's got a bunch of those in there, which is, like, really kind of uh, interesting to use, and it's also got these, like, big machines you need to put codes in. The The interesting thing about typing and stuff in this game is 
you have so you put your bow and arrow away uh, and you have the two hands and obviously you control those with the left and the right move controller so with your basically with your actual hands but while holding controllers and then as you move your hands closer towards any of the keyboards um, your character your character will sort of make it so that he's got two fingers out basically so he's ready to sort of type um, and then that, that kind of I don't know just makes it a bit more interesting way to uh, to type and it's sort of what they had to do with the game uh, it's also got these um, like it's got like a teleport movement sort of mechanic where you'll you'll press and hold square on the left um, the left move controller and it will have like a blue thing like a blue circle thing of where you're gonna go and I found that really really uh, easy to sort of get used to and then there's also on the right move controller you can just simply turn around or turn 180 degrees uh, with with buttons and that sort of stuff so yeah the movement's really great and it's a really great game it's just let down a little bit when you get uh, when when basically you're looking for a code on a computer or something and you can't find it that's where the game kind of slows down but really really enjoyed all the combat and everything so that's been really great uh, wanted to give an update so yeah that's basically what I've been playing mainly is Apex Construct um, and I'm getting I got Spider-Man sent back today which will arrive tomorrow and I'm basically going to go back into Spider-Man do the rest of the uh, New Game Plus stuff and I'm going to use all of the suits that they released way after the game was released so it'll give me a chance to use them and basically fully kind of wrap things up which I, I've kind of missed the game so it'll be a good reason to kind of jump back into uh, I want to give an update for Wolfenstein Youngblood I'm not going to play the game I've just heard way too much negative stuff about it and it's basically yeah they, they sort of did with that game what they shouldn't have done which is they added this big hub world enemies can like respawn and it's just not the Wolfenstein game that it, it should have been um, and I've I've seen and heard enough about the game to know that I don't want to play it which is a shame because I was really excited to um, play it as uh, BJ's uh, daughters and stuff like that and like pro progress the story and everything and it, basically the story was you play as those two one of them is the AI, AI character and BJ uh, I think his name is Blaskovich or something um, He's gone missing and you're looking for him. So it's an interesting plot idea, but the gameplay is just apparently not very good. And I've, I've seen enough of the gameplay to know that I'm not interested. So um, rather than me you know, putting it on my list, getting it sent, and then not liking it that day, sending it back and then waiting for another game to be sent, it's just, you know, I would rather just play something else. So that's a really, really big disappointment to hear how the uh, the game has turned out. Have you ever played any of the, uh, or I guess the newer Wolfenstein games? Not the newer ones. I played the originals back in the day, and that was you know a long, long, long time ago. So, mm -hmm. but yeah, nothing in the new modernish era. Okay, Wolfenstein. The uh, I think the new order it was called. The one that was before this one was really, really great. So if they if they had kept basically that same game, and just had the plot be what it is, uh, it would have turned out much better. But they didn't do that. So um, yeah, it seems Bethesda has kind of messed up again. Um, not in the same sort of fallout 76 way you know the game's not broken it's still very much playable it's just boring and bad i suppose um yeah so that's kind of the up so obviously there'll be no coverage for that because i won't be playing it so uh, that's unfortunate so um yeah so i'm gonna be playing spider-man going forward doing the uh the new game plus stuff with the new suits i think they added the um spider-verse suit which i haven't tried so that'll be interesting as well uh, and then of course there, there's a whole there's like three games coming out at the end of August in a couple of weeks so I'm excited to play those I think there's uh, Astral Chain um, Dark Anthologies Man, Man of Midan Man of Maiden the um, from from the guys that did uh, Until Dawn really excited about that and there's also uh, Control from Remedy which is going to be interesting as well so yeah that's what we've been playing uh, and that's the updates on coverage stuff for for certain games so yeah let's move into some housekeeping. 
Today's sponsor is Kualu. If you'd like to get started with a domain name and a website today, just click on the link in the show notes and that will take you over to Kualu to get started. They also have a live support chat system that you can use, which is in the bottom right hand corner. So get started with a new website and domain name today with Kualu. Hey everybody, if you would like to get the ad-free versions of all of our podcasts and support entertainment talk along the way, all you need to do is head over to patreon.com forward slash entertainment talk, sign up either as a creator or as a Patreon, there's no difference there. That's just the option for either becoming a creator now or just staying as a patron for the moment. And then all you need to do is support us at the $1 level tier. That will get you access to all of the ad-free podcasts that we've done in the past and get you access to all the ad-free podcasts in that month as well. So it's a great way to support us on Entertainment Talk and to get rid of the ads and get your ad-free podcasts. As always, thank you very much for listening. Back to the show. Alright, so a couple of announcements this week, uh, not just in terms of content stuff, but, uh, well, one of them must be his content. Uh, as of today, I uh, kind of um, put out a little something on, on the website, and on, I think I just put it out on the main iTunes feed uh, thing for the, the main Entertainment Talk page, or main Entertainment Talk iTunes feed. Um, I figured out a way of how to do merch. And this is basically going to be, I mean, there's a whole, there's, you know, a, a 10 minute sort of uh, information thing in the podcast. But it's essentially, um, I found the website that will allow me to customize t-shirts and caps and bags and stuff like that. Like, you, you know, the main sort of merchandise stuff that you'll get. But I don't want to talk about it too much here because the podcast is out there. Um, but basically, the idea is, instead of me going and setting it up and nobody potentially being interested, or only a few people potentially being interested... I've put it out there to basically ask, okay, what is the interest level for this? And if there is enough people interested in it, I will go and then put the time into making the merchandise store or page or whatever. So, yeah, you'll have to let me know if you're interested in merchandise before anything gets uh, created. So, because I made, I went on there and made a uh, 24 shirt for myself. So, I know the thing works. Uh, I know how to use it. So, that's a, uh, you got to learn how to do that first. So, yeah, go and check it out. It's basically just called... <coughs> called uh, Merchandise Information. Go and check that out on the website as well. Um, what else is there? There is, uh, I've got a new Let's Play series on the way, video games um, Let's Play series. It's going to be called Let's Play Sundays, and it's going to be starting this Sunday. Uh, I've got the first three episodes recorded, so that's the first three weeks. And it's essentially our way of taking Let's Plays, which we've done very, very sporadically here and there when I felt like it. Taking that and putting it under a certain theme and a particular day and seeing how that goes basically uh, and it's going to be sort of a 10 to 30 minute let's play of what i'm currently playing but trying to avoid it avoid anything obviously too spoilery because uh, i don't want to spoil you guys on any games so there's that uh, the other announcement was i'm going to be doing uh, some scripted video game reviews i've put the first one out there the first of three <coughs> excuse me that have been recorded and uh, the first one's for crash team racing nitro fueled which we'll get into here in a bit in some microtransaction news uh, but yes, yeah, essentially where I write down or I write a review and sort of do it in a, uh, a scripted way. Uh, of course, if you guys don't do or don't like any of this sort of stuff, you will have to let me know so I can change things and that sort of stuff. That's where feedback comes in. Um, yeah, so yeah, go and listen to the Crash Team Racing Nitro Fueled uh, review. And obviously it's for it's for a cart game, so there's no spoilers in there. Uh, and there'll be a couple of others on the way within the next week or so. So go and listen to those. And the third announcement 
It is now on iTunes. Uh, I'll be covering the season of American Horror Story, which is the first FX show that we'll probably be doing. Um, it's on FX and Fox. It's going to be starting, I think it's the 7th, it's some point later in uh, September. And uh, yeah, it's going to be more of a slasher-themed thing. It's going to be taking place in 1984, and I'm uh, kind of interested in it. It depends if Ryan Murphy can actually make a good story, because last year he failed to do that uh, with Season 8. But yeah, Season 9 of American Horror Story for 1984. Uh, the podcast is on Spotify, it's on iTunes, and it's also, of course, on our iTunes feed uh, page as well. So you can go and look look for that. Uh, if you search for the AHS cast or uh, entertainment talk on podcast services you'll be able to find it on there um uh, iZombie of course last week we um reviewed the penultimate episode for the series and today after this podcast we'll be covering the series finale so that will be for season 5 episode 13 um so there's that as well let me scroll down a couple of let's plays uh, I'll just quickly list them off here Brother Team PSVR Carnival Games let's play for PSVR um and what was the other one Apex Contract there is a um there is a let's play out there for that as well and then the last couple of things uh i cut out a segment last week uh you probably remember it robert uh we took a good laugh at video games specifically the awful super mario brothers film uh that i saw a couple of minutes of or whatever uh because there was of course the the rumors about terry cruz and dave batista doing a um gears of war film so we i took the i think it was like 10 minutes or something took the segment out from that and copy and pasted it into its own thing but last week on the full gaming talk podcast we talked about fifa 20 and all of the uh st- cover stars including pro evolution soccer as well we talked about epic games and a whole bunch of other stuff and that is what has been happening on entertainmenttalk.org and on podcast platforms let's move into some news What would you like to talk about today, Robert? Uh, well, first off is the big get uh, for people that have a Switch. Uh, Daybreak Games announced that DC Universe Online is now live and free-to-play on the Switch. Uh, one of the few MMOs available on the console. DC mm. Universe Online comes with 30 episodes of content. Uh, so that should be well over 100 hours of playable content. Uh, it's Obviously, this game has been out for quite a while. Yeah, But the move to the Switch is just more of an indication that um, third-party developers are taking this platform seriously now because of the sales that um, the console has had, which we have talked about several times. Mm-hmm. It is uh, free in the eShop. Now, there is a membership option for $15 US a month, which grants early access to new episodes when they become available. Um, but since I'm not really overly that familiar with the game itself, I don't know how regularly they make that uh, a new episode uh, schedule. If it's like you know, once a week, once a month, once every other month. So that's the kind of thing that if you're interested in a paid option to do some research on and to see how often that kind of thing updates. Uh, have you had a chance to play this game at all? I did about, um, I can't remember if I was podcasting at the time. It was at least two to three years ago then, if that was the case. Actually, it had to have been over three, three years ago because we've been doing this for almost three and a half years, roughly, uh, which is, well, quite a long time. Um, yeah, I jumped in and it was a sort of like, okay, this is pretty good, but like, I want a DC game, you know, where I can talk to the real Batman or the real, well, the, you know, created character 
um, of uh, Superman or Batman or talk talk to those characters in the game and not somebody who's created a character that looks like those characters. Um, I mean, it's kind of cool, you know. You go. I remember being in the hub world, and uh, there'll be people like running around, flying around, and it was cool to see everybody's kind of create creations of different characters like some people would go in there and have their character be as close to superman or batman as possible and some people would have like you know a batman mask or a batman like mask and then they'd have a cape on and then they'd be running like the flash so you could really kind of mix your character up and obviously you still can probably um yeah i got i got in there and it was just like the the gameplay was fairly decent and everything i remember i think i made um yeah, I gave him a bow and arrow, and then I uh, gave him super speed. So he was a kind of a combination of the flash and arrow at the time. Um, but yeah, it was just the case of there was no like proper story in there that I wanted. There was nothing like driving me to actually like do the things the game that the game was trying to get me to do. Like I could go and do missions with my character and stuff, but it was just completely random characters. So uh, yeah, how about you? Have you got any experience with it? Uh, I I know I've watched the intro trailer too because I was curious when the game came really out. Good. Yeah, yeah, that was a great intro character, um, intro uh, sequence rather. Yeah, but past that, I know I downloaded it at some point because when I go into my uh, um, settings on my Xbox where I go into the store and I show it shows games that I owe, it does show up there. Um, so I know I did uh, download it at some point, but I don't remember ever playing it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it's cool that it's coming to the Switch. Obviously, portable option is great and everything. Um, yeah, and it's fr- and it's free, yeah. and it's out now, so you don't have to wait for it. Yeah, you can go and, uh, well, you can continue to listen to the podcast and download the game at the same time. Uh, although, you can't listen to the podcast on the Switch, because I don't believe they have iTunes or Spotify. Anyway, um, yeah, so it's great for, for that and everything, and, you know, I saw Greg Miller... Who said he was jumping back in? Um, but it's just, I'm just going to wait for the next DC game, whatever that's going to be, um, because I I know that I'll only go in there and play for like a couple of hours and then just drop out again. So um, yeah, I mean the next big kind of superhero game, other than I know that uh, I mean the next one, the next big one's probably the Avengers game from Square Enix. I can't think of another one that's out before that. Um, no, and that's out what May May something. So it's going to be a little while before the next thing is out, but. Uh, yeah, they have to have to wait and see. But um, yeah, it's I don't know it's interesting and it's good that it's come to the Switch. So it's definitely not a bad game. I just wasn't driven to continue playing it because there was just nothing particularly compelling for me to do. So, um, all right, cool. What else do you want to talk about today? Uh, well, this is a story to always check your uh, attic and closets and everything for anything. Mm. Uh, a man by the name of Scott Amos was cleaning out the attic of his childhood home and discovered a sealed, still in the bag with the receipt dated December 8th, 1988 copy of the NES classic Kid Icarus. Uh, he assumed that it was a Christmas gift that his mom must have purchased and then either lost or forgot about. And so he uh, you know, went online to see if it had any kind of value and shocked that it was uh, considered one of the rarest games in an unopened factory sealed condition with less than 10 having known to exist up until he found number 11. Uh, So he put it up for public auctions at Heritage Auction site and the auction closed uh, last Thursday for 9,000 US dollars. So that's uh, quite a payday. Yeah. Um, I mean, the the only kind of thing like that that's even remotely similar is I do have a bunch of, I think it's a, a Deadpool series 
a um, maybe a Spider-Man series or something. Back when I was reading comics a little bit more and it wasn't just The Walking Dead. I have got a few number one comics sitting around and I know that you know keep those for as long as possible and then sell those. But um, other than that, like in terms of older video game stuff, I mean I've probably got some PS1 games in in the loft. We call we call it the loft over here. Um, but, uh, yeah, they're, they're not, like, you know, they're far from sealed or, or anything like that. Um, it kind of makes me wonder, like, okay, he had this game since, would you say, 1988 is the, the year that you gave? Yeah, the original How? purchase date was 1988, which is well, when the game came out. It actually mm. technically released in 87, so she probably bought it, uh, either, um, January like, for Christmas, <laughs> yeah. Well, no, it says December. Okay. So she must have bought it like the year after, and for yeah. so whatever reason, it was still on the shelf. Yeah. Well, he never played it, so. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. Yeah, that was kind of my one question: is how come the guy didn't actually play it? But you know, these things happen. Um. How about you? Have you got anything like that? I've had not new factory sealed in in box, but I have. I did have some classic games that I was just kind of hanging on to, and then they disappeared in one of the moves, which is not that unexpected. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, they're probably out there somewhere. I just have no idea where they're at. Yep. So, uh, keep your valuable stuff around, and then in 20 years, they might be worth something. So, like like the comics I've got. And they're not sealed, unfortunately, either, but they're they're still in pretty good condition. So, um, but I understand the whole mint condition thing is uh, much more valuable. So, we'll see what happens when I'm, like, 45. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, we'll see what happens. Cool. What else do you want to talk about? Uh, well, the Gears of War 5 is coming out pretty soon and uh, Microsoft has shown the first images of the exclusive uh, console that you can get for it. Well, not the exclusive but the, uh, you know, the uh, limited edition themed mm-hmm. console. Yep. And this is actually a 1X, not a 1S. So we're just uh, getting, we're less than a year away, well I guess a little more than a year away from whatever uh, the next uh, Xbox iteration right. becomes. Scarlet we're finally thing, starting, yeah. Scarlet, yeah, we're finally starting to get uh, branded one x consoles now this thing i don't know if you've seen the images or not but this thing looks very very cool it is a uh, dark translucent casing and a laser etched cracks to mimic the uh, uh frozen body of water with uh, breaks in the ice uh snowy de- uh, snowy uh, white texture dusted across it and like i said this is the first uh, xbox one release since project scorpio model back in 2017 um, if you buy the limited edition bundle kit, which is at the base uh, price for uh, $4.99 US, you also get a custom Kate Diaz-inspired wireless Xbox One controller. Uh, obviously, it comes with digital codes for Gears 5 and the original Gears of War downloads for Gears of War 2 through 4. Uh, but if you're a uh, Game Pass or Game Pass Ultimate, then you've already got that. And if you've been a Gold member for a while, those have all been free uh games with gold for one month or another so you probably already have that anyway but then you can give it to your friends mm-hmm. yeah and Gears of War 4 is uh, I can't remember which date we said it last week but uh, Gears of War 4 is uh, this month so uh, that will add to your collection yeah and if you just want the controller which also looks super super cool uh, they will be selling that separately for uh, $75 US and there is a uh, separate, not included with either bundle, um, uh, Kate Diaz uh, Xbox Pro charging stand from Controller Gear for $50, which also looks pretty cool if you just want like a new charging stand. 
but still, I'm glad they're finally starting to get into the uh, branded one X's. But they should honestly they should have been doing this like a year ago. Yeah, probably. Seeing as the new console is about a year and a half away, which you know, it's still a year and a half, but that time will soon go. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, I, I'm never, I'm not really going to be a person to buy. Uh, cu- custom console stuff. I'm happy with the stuff that I got. Plus, it would just be... I, I don't know. I've just never really done that. Um, I've a couple of times brought, like, little stickers for stuff. Um, like, I think I was I was looking for something on Amazon the other day. And it said, hey, here's some, like, Batman stickers you can get for uh, the PS4 controller. I thought, okay, that would look cool. But then I'm going to change my mind and put, like, Spider-Man. And then I'm going to change my mind again and put something else on there. So it's better for me to kind of just stick to the, the plain stuff. Which still looks great. Um, yeah, and you can get uh, specially looking uh, PS4 controllers. Like the the GameStop uh, near me was having a sale, and so I bought one that was like kind of a an ice blue uh, uh, digital camo thing. It was like thirty bucks, and I was like, "Yeah, I'm all over that." Hmm. Um, yeah. And so I owned the one that came with the um, console when I traded for it and then that second one and then I just rotate between the two when one battery goes dead it goes on the charger and then I use the other one yep I just have a um, lead and I'm cl- I'm close enough to the TV I can just plug the controllers in um, but yeah I mean the, the other thing I think PlayStation does is uh, called the the um, light bar thing the, the, I can't remember what it's called but you can get certain um, stickers that like go over that for some reason but I don't know why you'd want that I, I kind of like the uh, the light on the controller I think it's kind of cool um, plus on different games and in different menus it lights up a different colour so and, and this is the certain ones that you can get where the light goes through it or the light shows something particular on the sticker I've never really been interested in that so yeah for me I just like to keep my stuff plain I suppose so um, same goes with like phone cases I'd only end up like swapping it for something else so I uh, keep everything kind of plain so um, but yeah I'm, sorry, I'm excited for Gears 5 itself I think it's the 20th of September or something um, and uh, again not interested in the multiplayer side of things but interested to see where they're going to take uh, the characters and everything so uh, especially since with Gears of War 4 they sort of took the series in a uh, new like continued direction and I'm excited to see what they do with it in number 5 uh, I suspect there'll be a Gears 6 just to like, kind of close out the trilogy so um, Sooner or later. I mean, I don't yeah. see a Gear 6 within at least another two or three Oh, yeah, I mean, it'll, years, be, so. it'll be a couple of years away yet, but it'll probably be one. So, uh, Cool, what else do you want to talk about? Uh, well, we got some more news regarding some of the uh, AAA games that are coming to Game Pass Ultimate. As you know, we talked about uh, uh, last week with uh, uh, Pandemic and Jackbox Party 2 coming to console, and then Space Hulk Tactics and uh, Downwell coming to PC. Mm-hmm. Uh, some of the newer games that were announced is uh, one that I'm actually kind of curious about is the uh, remaster for the Bard's Tale trilogy. Now, if you don't know, the Bard's Tale was a series of uh, role-play games back in the early 90s. And when I say early 90s, I mean I was playing these games when I was in high school. And I still have clear memories of playing the original Bard's Tale because at the time... Um, a friend of mine actually had to come over and use my computers to get past a certain point because there's a quest that you go on to where you have to fight uh, 400 monsters. And at the time, his computer didn't have enough RAM to actually process that game. Oh. And so he had to come over and use mine because my computer had 640K of RAM, you know, half a meg, not half a gig, half a meg of RAM. And you needed that much to just run that fight, not even to run the game, just to run that fight. 
So he had to come over, load up his copy on his floppy disks, play that game, get past that fight, save it, and then be done with it. Hmm. And then, so yeah, this goes back to when you had to buy graph paper and make your own maps. You basically had to make your own quest notes, your quest logs, all that other stuff that it's done in maps now, you had to do basically with your own paperwork. Um, plus, this is the remaster that came out for the uh, Xbox 360, so I'm curious to see how that translates from the really... I mean, this is like EGA graphics. I mean, this is like before VGA, which is, I mean, like what... I doubt if you even remember VGA. You probably started like with mm-hmm. the original Xbox. Like if you if you remember the original Xbox, EGA is about three or four graphical steps below that. It's somewhere between 16-bit and 32-bit graphics. Mm-hmm. So that really kind of dates it. Yeah. Um, I mean, my first entry to consoles was, like, um, basically the PS1, the GameCube, and the PS2, and then the Xbox 360, and then things from there. So around, like, the, 2000 and t- the 2006 to 10 era. Uh, I mean, that's when I was, you know, that's when, when I was in that high school period and playing games and stuff like that and then Call of Duty came out and then that's all the guys ever talked about was football and uh, Call of Duty <laughs> yeah um, yeah uh, and obviously Halo as well so it, it was pretty much that was pretty much when it was like Xbox versus PlayStation and like oh you guys don't have Halo so you suck but like oh you don't have Uncharted so you suck um, and that, yeah. that was pretty much the gist of that uh, which hey they're still the same PlayStation still own Uncharted and Xbox still owns uh, Halo so uh, but none of us go to the high school anymore because it's been almost wow, it's almost ten years. Um, yeah, uh, this would if I'd have gone, it would have been my twenty fifth year. Um, yeah, oh, okay. it's uh, so weird to think about. Mm. And then the other game that got announced is Blair Witch, which we both were when we were doing the E three stuff, we saw that and it's just like wow, they actually made a Blair Witch game. Mm. So yeah, that'll be on Game Pass on August thirtieth. Um, for the Bard's Tale, it'll be August 13th, which will be next week sometime. And then the Bard's Tale 4 um, will be August 27th. So if you have any curiosity about some of those older games, uh, Game Pass is just showing more and more of why it has a value. So Yeah. In terms of Blair Witch, um, I've been watching a couple of found footage uh, films. I, I just like that kind of style of film. It's like you, you have to force... Um, you can't like film a scene normally. It has to be a character or a, or a camera that's in the corner of a particular room, and it has to follow that throughout the whole thing. Um, I was a big fan of the uh, the Paranormal Activity films. I know some people hate them. Some people think they're terrible. I think some of those films are terrible. I think some of them are pretty good. Uh, the the two the actually the three that I checked out was Creep one and two, which are on Netflix in the UK, and uh, The Borderlands, which. To make a quick connection to Blair Witch, I was watching Jim Sterling's video on Blair Witch, and he was he started talking about found footage uh, films, obviously because Blair Witch is a found footage film as well, and he recommended The Borderlands, which is is a kind of a good film with with like a crazy crazy ending. Um, so yeah, in terms of found footage games, I've not really uh, experienced any of those before. I don't think any of the old because there's been wasn't there two modern day Blair Witch films? One of them was terrible. One of them was actually pretty good, and then there was the old one from a little bit further back in the day Uh, see that i don't know because i'm not much of a horror film itself in general and i've never been a fan of the found film footage okay um i mean i i'm not going to crap on their success i mean Mm -hmm. blair witch pretty much um threw a monkey wrench into what was considered established uh 
uh, genealogy and progression for making a movie because this is basically a couple of three college students that scraped together just an infinitesimal amount of cash mm -hmm. and made just a blockbuster out of it, which almost never happens to begin with. Yeah. Um, and this is like, for the most part, pre-modern internet days, so it's even less likely to happen then. And they rocked it. And so I give them props for that. It's just not a style that I really care about watching. Mm -hmm. Is it is it something particular about the found footage aspect or uh, something to do with something else? Uh, it's, it's more me because my brain tends to work in linearity. And so anytime when there's movies that jump back and forth between that, consistently or don't really follow a straight narrative mm -hmm. i've always had issues with like uh, pulp fiction i'm not gonna say it's not a great movie because there's a lot of great things in it but when they mix the scenes out of order intentionally and then we end the movie on a scene with a character that was killed off two scenes ago you know it just it never really sits right with me but i fully admit that's a me problem that's not a story problem okay. or a director problem or any kind of problem that's 100 percent a me problem mm-hmm uh, but connecting it back to the Blair Witch game, which you mentioned for Game Pass on the 30th of August, why is there now four games around the 30th of August that I'm interested in? There's uh, Astral Chain, Man of Maiden, um, Control, and Blair Witch. And one of one of them's out on the 27th, which doesn't give me, you know, I'm not going to rush through these games. That would be a stupid idea. But one of them comes out on the 27th, which is only a few days before the 30th. And then three games come out on the 30th that I'm interested in. So uh, and then. Roughly a month after that, Dragon Quest comes to, comes to Switch, which is a long RPG. So, yeah. If I had to guess, and I don't know this for sure, this is just me, you know, being forty five years old and seeing the trends. Mm -hmm. At least for the American date launches, it's because most universities and uh, high schools, which I don't know if the high schools a thing in the UK, it's whatever yep. the four years of schooling you do before you go to university they generally start the first week of august so okay. they plan all these games towards the end of august because you're a month into school you've got your rhythm down but you know the homework's starting to kick in a little bit and you just need that mental break vacation for right. like an hour or two yeah oh look here's a new video game oh look here's a new video game oh look here's a new video game <laughs> yeah and then here's four of them within a couple of days of each other yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Uh, over here, the schools start towards like the the first the first two weeks or so of September. At least that's when I remember going back. So, uh, anyway, yeah. Um, yeah, it's more of a case of um, again the forceful nature of you have to fo you have to have each scene be a camera that's either being held by one of the characters or a camera that's been placed in a corner by a character. And one of the things I perhaps oddly like about it. This is very different to the, the shaky cam thing, which is when a character, let's say they see something in the distance and they go, oh, Jim, you're in trouble, whatever, and they go and run after the character. And as the character's running towards them and they're holding the camera, there's the shaky cam aspect to it, but it's intentional because you're supposed to then try and keep focus on it when it's a horror thing, so you're paying more attention. And this is, this is my perspective you're paying trying to pay more attention to it and spot like okay is something going to come out is something going to be there and there's a few particular scenes in the borderlands where a character's running down this is a narrow hallway and because the hallway's dark and the character's like running and the, the the camera's sort of shaking a bit you're trying to see like what's in front of this character what could be about to attack them and i just think that that's interesting how that will translate to the video game will be interesting because i'm going to be i presumably the one in charge of when do i run when do i stop all that sort of thing um and yeah given the fact that 
um, I mean, there's probably been found footage video games before. I'm not trying to say this is the first one, but it's the first one at least that I'll be experiencing. So I'm interested to see. I'm interested to see how all that will translate to a video game from everything I've just explained from the films. So that's that's how I was trying to explain that. Um, yep. Yeah. As a funny side note, I actually got motion sickness watching one of those movies that had the shaky cam thing. Oh. It was like the second, yeah, it was the second uh, Jason Bourne movie, and there was so much shaky cam, I actually had to close my eyes and put my head down for a minute, because hmm. otherwise I was going to throw up. It was that bad. Wow. Wow. Yeah, I remember the, I think it's the first Hunger Games, has got a, a fight scene, or a scene where she's running, and it's like particularly mm-hmm. bad. So, anyway, uh, what else do you want to talk about today? Uh, well, the last thing that I have to talk about, and boy, was this an earthquake bomb that went off. Uh, yeah. uh, last week, uh, Ninja announced that he was jumping platforms from uh, Twitch to Mixer. Uh, now, this isn't the first big name to jump platforms. We talked a month or two ago about PewDiePie uh, uh, jumping over to DLive. I don't remember um, that, but, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, this was like two months ago. Because remember, I mentioned that the D Live. I remember it now. Yeah. Um, all their money does cryptocurrency, and he was giving away like fifty thousand mm-hmm. dollars of crypto to people that were streaming when he was streaming. At the same time, he was just going to jump into random channels and just start dropping money. Mm-hmm. Um, but this is a huge thing. He um, signed an exclusive contract. That the nobody knows the numbers yet. Kind of the estimated guesses is that. The general consensus is it's going to be a three-year contract because you don't want to sign for too long because too much in esports has changed, um, and you don't know you know three years into it if Mixer will even still be around. I don't see any reason why they wouldn't be because this isn't like you know just it's a random company. Microsoft owns Mixer. Right. Uh, they bought yeah. Beam a couple of years ago and then rebranded it as Mixer. Uh, and I've heard crazy numbers thrown out. I've heard like two million a year. I've heard ten million a year. Um, don't know, but it is a huge thing. Uh, and th- the thing that I kind of want to dig into a little bit more is when he was talking about that. Uh, he did a. Did you see the fake press conference he did? I did. Yeah, it was actually posted uh, on the um, one of the. Uh, I'm not sure what you actually call it. It's when you're on your your home dashboard thing and it had like mixer ninja announcement i clicked on that and it was like a minute long of this thing so yeah Yeah, it was a a fake press conference (laughs) to where he's up at the podium and then he takes questions from the press and it's based and every question is him disguised as you know somebody else um but the big thing is is that he talked about getting back to his roots and this is something that we talked about a couple of podcasts ago when i mentioned that so much of Twitch now. Um, when we when they when I mentioned uh, it was going to a subscriber only model, um, not one hundred percent permanent, but the streamers could you know flip on that. And then I mentioned that you know that's first off that violates a lot of terms of service for a lot of games. So you're going to start seeing uh, people doing that. But then I also mentioned that so much of uh, Twitch has become either an IRL or just basically porn without the porn part of it. Uh, and we, I, we didn't mention this on the podcast. We talked a little bit about it on uh, off air. I was flipping through the IRL while you were going through your news things, and I landed on one. And it was literally just this woman in a lacy panties, lacy bra, and a thong, rolling around on the floor with a microphone that was molded to look like a human ear, and was just making out with it. And that was her entire stream was just her trying to get money and tips, making out to a microphone that looked like a human ear. And if people want to give money to that, that's absolutely fine. I mean, that's that's nothing illegal about that. 
That's your money. Spend it however you want to do with it. But it has nothing to do with games. And that's no. what Mixer has been branding itself hard on mm-hmm. uh, with it being a gaming platform. And then you throw that into the mix with all the drama that's been going on with Twitch. Because um, as soon as he ma- uh, made that announcement, they immediately scrubbed his channel. Um, so they took away his partnership status. So any money that he has pending, either through subscriptions or donations that came through you know, during the process... He's going to have to get a lawyer now and sue to get that money because they don't pay that money out unless you're a partner program. Mm -hmm. And that happened with uh, somebody else. It wasn't PewDiePie because he still technically has his check mark, but it was some other streamer that had to do that because they jumped ship to another platform and they took away his uh, that streamer status as well. I have heard a couple of podcasts from people that are in the know among the streamers, and they one guy said that there are two of the top 10 streamers that if they keep getting nickel and dime with the uh, mixer, they're going to jump ship as well. They might not go to Twi- to mixer, but they are done uh, with Twitch. Hmm. And then you get into the extra drama with bands coming across so randomly and some people having a favorite and preferred unofficial status to where it doesn't matter what they do that violates the terms of service. Uh, they don't get banned. A perfect example of this is the uh, streamer Alinity. Um, both her and another streamer that goes by Pokimane have accidentally, um, but still shown you know nudity on their channel for like a good ten to twenty seconds because of, of a shock thing. They, like um, Pokimane was going through her DMs on Instagram and somehow had that set up to where even though she was doing that on her phone, it was showing up on her computer and went into a DM and there was some guy's junk. Um, and so obviously that shocked and, you know, it took her a few seconds to recover and to get that off the screen. And then, uh, Alinity was going through one of her discord channels and it was kind of the same thing. Um, but it was still nudity, which is a violation of the terms of service. Yeah. And it was on the screen for a good 10 to 20 seconds and neither one of them got banned, but XQC got retroactively banned for nudity, um, from something he he showed two months ago, and apparently there's this thing to where uh, it's called badly animated porn, and they basically take a porn scene and then just use like MS Paint or some other crappy drawing just to cover it up, so it looks like they're doing something else, even though you clearly know what they're doing. Okay. Um, yeah. And somebody scrubbed that video and went through it frame by frame and found a single frame to where it wasn't animated and you could see it, but it was mm-hmm. still a single frame. And then XQC got a three-day ban from it. And then when he, he made that announcement about getting that ban, uh, his community went up in arms about it, and they immediately reversed the ban. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then you go back to Alinity, to where she was streaming something, and her cat gets in her lap, and she takes her cat and literally throws it over her head, which is animal abuse, but she doesn't get banned for that either. And so you're getting so much hype on this and so much beef on this and so much just drama from this from, you know, bans being not applied to being, you know, applied retroactively to all this, a lot of people are saying, what the hell am I doing on Twitch? Because now we've got some other viable options. And granted, um, the 10 million um, active users on Mixer is nothing compared to the 100 million active users on Twitch. But then again, Mixer has only really been a viable option for about six to eight months, whereas Twitch launched over five years ago. 
And if you get one or two more big names to jump ship, not even to uh, Mixer, but just to jump ship, and things could go down, uh, go south quickly for uh, Twitch. Yeah, they would have to change things, certainly, especially after losing someone like um, uh, Ninja. This is almost reminding me of, like, football stuff where, like, hey, we're going to... Mixer Mixer has essentially signed uh, Ninja, uh, and it's interesting with bringing you know transfer windows up because you know the transfer window deadline is tomorrow and man united need to sign somebody um <laughs> uh but yeah that's kind of what it's like is you know uh ninja has essentially either got fed up with twitch or hasn't liked them or whatever and then has you know moved to in a football sense moved to another club and then it sort of seems like you know yeah with with twitch having you know these bands either being in place or not being in place where they should should or shouldn't be a mixture of both um but yeah they're in they're in a little bit of trouble so it's almost like how it's almost like having a bunch of unsettled players on your team man united paul pogba um and uh yeah it's just a case of what will sort of happen to them in the future where where will they go who will they sign for and yeah it, it is it just reminding me of like you know this is this is kind of the equivalent of like you know, when Ronaldo signs for somebody like Juventus or Real Madrid or something, ninjas, ninja signing for Mix. I'm not trying to say that, you know, uh, I'm sure Ronaldo's worth more money than, than Ninja because he's, you know, professional footballer and all that. Not to put Ninja down, but there's clearly, you know, a, a difference there. Um, but, uh, yeah, that's kind of what it's like. Ninja signing for um, Mixer is kind of like that. So, And Microsoft, Microsoft were pretty sort of happy to announce it. Again, it's a similar thing of, you know, Ronaldo signs for, for Juventus and they're happy to sort of announce that or whatever. So, do you see where I'm trying to compare things? Yeah, absolutely. Plus, let's not forget the fact that Microsoft does a lot of th- things, but they never play to lose. Mm-hmm. And they've got enough money that even if they went something stupid, crazy, like $10 million, 10 million a year, you know, for three years for Ninja... They're not doing that for the sake of doing that. They're doing that because they think they can either get enough of an audience together um, to to come over to try that or to uh, you know make that up in terms of people you know buying memberships and buying uh, sparks, which is what they're they're equivalent to uh, bits when you cheer for for uh, um, somebody on Twitch. Okay. And if they can get you know, I mean, obviously Ninja's a tier one, but if they can get a couple three tier twos to jump over as well, they got a fighting chance. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Again, it feels like we're talking about sports, but in a streamer sense. <laughs> well, so, it is an esports. I mean, yeah, look, yeah. you know, we just talked about last week the uh, the Fortnite World Finals. A uh, dude in the solo round won three million dollars. Mm. That's not nothing to see. That's more than the U.S. Open champ won. <laughs> so. Yeah, we'll see what happens, but he's with a mixer at the moment, so... Uh, cool, you said that was your last thing to talk about? Yep, that was my last thing. Cool, well, you, you brought up uh, Nintendo a little bit ago, uh, and their sales stuff, and we got some more information. I did mean to put this on the podcast last week, but as you saw, the podcast podcast was 90 minutes, and we just ran out of time, so that happens occasionally. Uh, Nintendo's officially sold over 36 million Nintendo Switch consoles and Super Mario Maker 2, which just came out on Nintendo Switch, sold over 2.4 million units in just three days. Of course, they've probably sold more units since then because it's been uh, over a week since that happened. Um, Yeah, what do you think of Nintendo's and I suppose Mario's uh, success in this situation? Uh, I mean, it's always good news for uh, Nintendo because Mm. after the Wii U, they needed a big win and they have gotten a big win. 
Uh, there's no denying that. And with more and more games from third parties coming over, our, you know, it's obvious that that's going to be a platform to stay. Now, me personally, I'm, I'm still hoping that they'll make like a, a physically larger switch that'll be a little easier with uh, me to play. So, mm-hmm. and specifically with the uh, Joy Cons, like we've um, like we said before. Yeah, so, with the Joy Cons. Yeah. Um. So yeah, but, you know, past that, it's all good. So yeah, yeah, I might be for them as well. Um, I do enjoy my Nintendo Switch. Don't always get to play on it because I have other consoles to play on as well, and TV shows and video games and you know other life stuff. So it's not always got time on the Switch. But um, yeah, I'm excited for Astral Train, Astral Chain, and of course to play uh, Dragon Quest Eleven, which will be you know the 30th of uh, um, August and then the 20th or something of September so that will be interesting as well that, that will be when I'll next properly jump back into a Switch game um, but yeah I really enjoyed Breath of the Wild I'm looking forward to um, Link's Awakening which Boomerang added today to their uh, their website because um, I was starting to sort of ask them like hey it's getting close to September are you going to add the game and they said they were and they added it so that's on the way as well and that's going to be uh, pretty much in between those games so um, yeah those will be the next kind of big three Switch games I'm going to be jumping on in terms of Mario Maker 2 I have no interest I've seen some of the crazy just crazy levels that people are creating which you know if you can make a level that's that uh, crazy and competitive and difficult credit to you because that's going to take some effort to do um, but uh, and yeah I suppose for those people that are completing the really difficult levels or making difficult level- levels themselves uh, and if you're complete, uh, completing one of them, that's obviously going to um, feel kind of good to do. You know, when you complete a difficult level in a video game. So, yeah, this game, the game seems to be thriving in that sense, and uh, people enjoy it. So, I'm happy for those people. But I, th- that that style of the 2D Mario thing just never really clicked for me. I I, w- I always either slightly jumped too far or slid too far or like jumped on something slightly too much to the right and got hit and it, it has never really worked for me so um but anyway seems like the game has been a success and uh we're both happy for it in that sense as well uh crash team racing is uh well crash bandicoot himself is obviously a character that i've mentioned many 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 times on not just this podcast but entertainment talk itself as well uh, of course there is the scripted review out there for crash team racing nitro field which i put out yesterday let me know what you think let me know what i think of the uh format there's two other reviews coming uh, within the next week, I think one's for Monday and one's for Thursday or something. I can't remember. Uh, Thursday next week. Um, so look out for those. But uh, yeah, Crash Team Racing Nitro Field is getting microtransactions post-launch. Uh, so the game came out. I think it was the 29th of June, roughly, something like that. Um, and um, yeah, or the 29th of July, something. It's been out for a little over a little over a month. And uh, Activision have decided that um, they they have this, uh, it's called a pit stop in the game, uh, and you can essentially go in there and buy, you know, different themed cars, different outfits for characters, um, different skins for characters, or what have you, and uh, originally you, you know, you go into either adventure mode, or you go in the online matches, or races rather, and you'd earn what's called Wampa Coins, um, which is I guess the coin alternative to Wampa Fruits. Uh, Wampa Fruits, of course, in the in the Trilogy platformer is where Crash would get those, and then if you get a hundred of those, you get um, another life. So, or 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 a uh, yeah, a new life thing. Uh, so yeah, Wampa coins. You essentially build those up. You get a certain amount of them. You can go in the pit stop, and you can uh, buy the different carts and stuff like that. 
Activision has decided that uh, because people have complained complained about the grind of getting these uh, Wampa coins, getting enough to be able to buy these different things, and probably out of greed, quite honestly, um, that they want to add them to the game so that you can now buy Wampa fruits. Uh, sorry, Wampa coins. Um, and instead of grinding for them, you can. Uh, it's not a pay to win because these don't give you any. It's not like a faster car or something like that. Uh, it's just different uh, carts and skins for things. So it is cosmetic stuff. But um, yeah, what do you think of Activision's decision here to add these? Terribly bad idea. I yeah. mean, they could have easily just introduced like boosts or like boost weekends to where you get more if you're playing during a weekend. Or they could have just changed the. Uh, ratio um to see you know what you know was being purchased and what wasn't and then just adjust the prices accordingly yeah or just uh, change what it would take to do that but this is just not a good decision so yeah it's just extra money in their pocket uh and although you do have the argument you have you know it's optional and all that but uh people are going to be tempted people are going to want to get these these uh microtransactions or these Wampa coins um and to speak about this on like a broader terms in more of a Crash Bandicoot franchise sense, there's probably going to be another Crash Bandicoot game. I'm still going to be very, very excited, of course, if a Crash Bandicoot 4 or whatever it's going to be called. It might not necessarily be called that. I'm obviously going to be very excited for that. But there was some degree of, you know, the remastered trilogy comes out. I, I was very, very happy about it. Really enjoyed the game. And uh, I you, you could sort of guess from that point that the franchise was back, that, t- that Crash Team Racing was also going to get a remaster, Spyro was probably going to get a remaster, and there's probably going to be other games that get remasters. I mean, Medieval's going to get one. I know that's in a very different company, but the sort of 90s games, uh, it sort of follows along with that theme. Um, I'm kind of nervous to think about... Now, I trust Vicarious Visions, who will most likely be making the next Crash Bandicoot game, I very much trust them to make the make good levels, do good like game design and all that sort of stuff. I trust them to make a Crash Bandicoot game, but as the publisher and the owner, I don't trust Activision um, to be able to you know release a new Crash Bandicoot game whenever that's going to be, whether it's, whether it's announced next year at E3 or thereafter, whenever it's going to be. My actual guess would be that a Crash Bandicoot game gets announced next year at E3 and then comes out probably the year after and then i still think they'll do the same thing which i predicted before which is that you'll have crash bandicoot one year the year after that you'll have spyro and then they'll swap basically every other year so it gives the developers two years then to make the games um and be able to do that so um yeah i mean what kind of stuff would they what kind of because it's different with the platformer trilogy because you wouldn't have like um skins and stuff it's just a fundamentally different game to a racer cart game sort of thing so i, I don't know whether it would be something like micro microtransactions for you know if you get one wampa fruit it will be two or like um a thing to where you'd pay five dollars to get like five lives or something in the game they could probably do something like that uh what, what sort of things do you think they could put into a new crash bandicoot game in terms of microtransactions uh, really? I mean, since it's not like an online game as a service, something like right. the Division or you know DC Universe Online, anything like that. I mean, past skins, maybe like specialty vehicles that would be the same as any other vehicles, just exclusively through mm-hmm. you know the microtransactions. But past that, I really wouldn't see anything that could do it. Mm-hmm. 
But yeah, it makes me a little bit, <coughs> excuse me, a little bit more nervous for the future of Crash Bandicoot. But again, I trust Vicarious Visions to be able to develop a good game. Uh, it just depends how Activision treats the games in the future. Because, um, I mean, the difference with the trilogy, the platformer trilogy, it's offline, it's a single-player story thing, and there's no, like, things you can really buy. I mean, there was no, there was nothing like a pit stop in the platformer trilogy, because there was nothing, <coughs> there was nothing that you would buy, necessarily, in the game. Unless it would be something like you can unlock running earlier, or something like that. I don't really know what you could do, so, um... I don't know, we'll just have to wait and see. So, it's very disappointing, I'm a little bit nerv nervous about the, the franchise now, but we'll just have to wait and see what happens. I mean, the game hasn't even been announced yet, The uh, if they do a new Crash game, which I'm assuming they will do. We'll just have to wait and see what it ends up like. Uh, let's move on to some positive news. We've got uh, some Gamescon information for, uh, what date is this for? Monday the 19th of August. It's for 8pm Central Eastern Time, 2pm uh, Eastern Daylight Time. And 11 a.m. Pacific Daylight Time, which is, I think, 6 p.m. UK time. Uh, so that will be good as well. So yeah, Monday, 19th of August, which, how far away is that? That's a couple of weeks, isn't it? I think that's... Not, yeah, because not... today is the 7th. Yes. So two weeks' time? Um, a little less than two weeks, yeah. Yeah, next Monday, the upcoming Monday is the 12th, so yeah, the week after that. Uh, but yeah, they've announced some um, companies who are going to be there. So I'll read up the list of those. You've got 2K, Activision, Bandai Namco Entertainment, Bungie, Capcom, uh, Electronic Arts, of course EA, Epic Games, Google Stadia, Koch Media, Slap D Slash, uh, Deep Silver, uh, Private Division, Sega, Square Enix, uh, Sony Interactive Entertainment, of course Sony, uh, THQ, doesn't say Nautic, THQ, oh THQ Nautic, GmbH, I'm not sure what that is, but THQ is going to be there to announce another 55 games that are in development. Uh, Ubisoft uh, and then Xbox Game Studios. Um, so, which of those are you most looking forward to seeing news from, Robert? Uh, Death Stranding, to be honest with you, because mm. they're going to have a big presence there. Um, yeah. And we know Kojima's you know going to bring something unique. Whether or not we actually learn anything from it. As anybody else's guess, but mm -hmm. uh, well, sure hopefully fun. we'll at least we'll get at least get some sense of you know the game, what you're supposed to do, who you're supposed to be, anything like that, really. Yeah, I think it would be good to set out at this point because you know the game will be what a couple of months out from that point. It's November eighth the game comes out. Um, yeah, I think it would be good at that point to say like, okay, this is what you do in the game, but but he won't tell you. The story, I suppose. I mean, even if he tried to tell the story, it still might not make sense because it's, you know, a Kojima thing, and they're not always mm -hmm. supposed to make sense or whatever. Um, there's supposed to be mystery there. So instead of him telling you this is what Death Stranding is, this is what the story is, I do expect, however, like, if it's like a 10-minute gameplay demo or something, just to get more of an understanding of, okay, what do you do in the game? Because obviously with Metal Gear, you knew what you were doing in that. Uh, sure, the story was still very much Kojima, but you knew that what you were doing, you knew who uh, Snake was and everything like that. So, um, yeah, I'm excited for Sony. I'm excited to see if, because um, it's got Xbox Game Studios, if they bring out any of their other acquisitions. Because, of course, we know Ninja Theory is working on the, I can't remember the name of the game, but it's like a 4v4 online game. We know that they're working on that. But what is, like, Undead Labs working on? What is uh, NXR working on? Um, some so Just some of the other studios that they acquired it's going to be too early for obsidian because they're doing the outer worlds and that hasn't even come out yet so 
Um, yeah, but that's coming out pretty soon, so... Yeah, yeah. Um, but I don't imagine we'll see anything from their, their next game yet. Um, maybe that'll probably be E3 next year to see what their mm. new game is. Um, yeah, who else have you got here? EA, they'll probably just show Star Wars and FIFA and their other sports games. Stadia, I, I don't see anybody talking about Stadia, so I don't know what the I mean, I see people, I see t- people talking about it in the abstract, like, are they going to be this insane with their data usage? Are they actually going to be able to... <laughs> Um, get enough co- game companies on board to make it worth a while. What's the price going to be? Mm-hmm. But I don't see anybody actually excited for Stadia. Oh. I am interested differently with with uh, XCloud and with Stadia to try it, just to see if it works, what is it like, that sort of thing. That doesn't mean I'm interested in it. I just want to see, okay, does this thing thing run very well? So I, I don't know. Uh, what else have you got here? Square Enix. Maybe they could show. Maybe they could show that Avengers gameplay that was shown behind door, uh, behind closed doors for no reason. Um, yeah. I mean, it's Avengers. People are already excited about Avengers because of Endgame and stuff. But yep, still my favorite meme with that whole release. What? Um, what was it? Did you ever see the movie Spaceballs? Spaceballs. Oh, you're talking about the. Oh yeah, I remember you mentioned that before. Yeah, yeah. The, the stunt double they, thing, or like the something like that. It captures. It's like, yeah, you've captured their stunt doubles. Yeah, and yeah. it was just basically the Avengers scene, and that's from that. So, if you haven't seen the movie Spaceballs, absolutely watch it. It's a riotous uh, spoof of basically all the Star Wars and Star Trek, and basically space sci-fi uh, adventures. Cool. Um, I was going to say, I'm just confused with the reception behind the Avengers game because Square Enix clearly said, like, hey, these aren't going to look like Robert Downey Jr. and Chris Evans and Chris Hemsworth. This is our own take on the game. Yet I still still see people saying, like, could they not afford Robert Downey Jr.? Could they not do this and that? They want this to be separate from the MCU. Therefore, it won't look like Robert Downey Jr. and all that lot. And it's their own... This is separate to that. So I still don't understand why the game's getting critical reception because of that they've literally come out and explained why they're doing that so um because it's not supposed to be like a movie tie into him and and the mcu stuff it's supposed to be their own universe thing so i don't know uh obviously there's comparisons to be made between you know uh the mcu cast and this cast but they're supposed to look different i just don't get what the confusion is behind that but anyway uh who else have you got here ubisoft i i, I don't know what ubisoft could really show that they didn't show at e3 um, because then I doubt they're gonna go there and um announce Splinter Cell at uh, at Gamescon. If that's if if they're ever gonna announce a new Splinter Cell, it would probably be at E3 at their own stage. I don't see why they would do that at Gamescon, but because uh, that's that's a big big announcement. Uh, if they announce a new Splinter Cell, um, maybe they would show some Watchdog stuff. Although they showed quite a bit at E3, um, and there was uh some behind the scene behind the um press thing that was shown off to to people. So they could do mm-hmm. something with that, but I don't know. I don't know what Ubisoft could be showing off. Uh, Epic Games, I don't know what they might show. Maybe the new Fortnite season. Didn't they start Fortnite season 10? Yeah, season 10 just started last week. Yeah, so they might show so that. No um, reason for them to show that. Yeah, a- anybody else I'm not as excited with. Activision, they would show Call of Duty, I suppose. And what else do they have? Activision. Call, Call of Duty would be the main thing, obviously, for, for the rest of their year. Um, Capcom, they that's the the uh, Resident Evil guys, isn't it? Um, yeah. I doubt they'll show a new Resident Evil or something. I, I don't know. So, yeah, that's my rough guess of what everybody's going to kind of do. 
uh, for Gamescom. But I'm excited. I, I always like these kind of gaming events when companies come out and show off stuff they've been working on. So, we'll see. Um, but no Nintendo. Nintendo weren't on that list. Although they, they did show a lot off at E3. And we know roughly everything that's kind of coming out with them. So, uh, there's that. Uh, what else have we got here? I have read everything. Alright, we've got three emails to finish off the show with. Is it three emails? Yeah, three emails here. Uh, if you would like to send in any emails to us, uh, feedback, questions, comments, thoughts, ideas, either about the merchandise stuff, any feedback specifically about uh, the Random Gaming Talk podcast or any of our other shows, Matthew at EntertainmentTalk.org, Twitter eTalkUK, there's a contact page and information in your show notes. Becky, hey fellas, with the next gen uh, coming soon, what games are you looking forward to that haven't been announced but are likely? Uh, I'm excited for the next gen Mario game. And all of Xbox's unannounced games from acquisitions, which is kind of what we talked about a minute ago. So what games are there that are quite likely that just haven't been announced yet that you are potentially excited for? Oh, I'm always still excited for a new Splinter Cell game. I, mm-hmm. You know, we're way past the point of needing one of those. Yeah. Um, I doubt so. they'll ever make it, but I would love a new Skate game. Uh, just because I did have so much fun with the last mm. Skate. Yeah. Um, but past that, I mean, it's past that. There's not really that much that's jumping out that isn't something we're not going to get relatively soon. So, mm-hmm. um, for me, I mean, they recently announced you know Breath of the Wild two. I'm excited for that. Uh, what else have they got coming out? They got you know Splinter Cell. Ever, I think most people will be excited for Splinter Cell, and I'm on the same um boat with that as well. Uh, what else do you have? Um. I mean, things like Spider-Man 2, God of War 2, uh, Horizon Zero Dawn 2, or Horizon 2, whatever they're going to call that. Do you think they'll call that Horizon 2 or Horizon Zero Dawn 2? Probably Zero Dawn 2. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, so those sorts of games, um, obviously Crash Bandicoot, there's, prob- there's very, very likely going to be another one, but they obviously, you know, they're still in the middle of releasing the Grand Prix stuff for Team Racing, so those sorts of games is what we're... Uh, pretty much looking forward to we know the new halos on the way um but yeah i am curious to see what the what the other acquisition studios from xbox are going to be doing so there's that terry says what is taking so long with dreams uh i know the game is in some kind of early access i think it is as well because there's been there's been like gameplay videos floating about of what people have been making and stuff uh is it in some it is in some kind of early access or something but um i'm still not sure what is going on uh when it's only going to announce a release date well we couldn't tell you that but um yeah what do, what do you think of dreams uh i think it's actually kind of irrelevant because when you think about it at the end of the day they basically made a game for you to make games and i know they did hire some people to work in studio to try to make games yeah but if you have to hire people to make a game within your game to show what the game can do then you've kind of already lost the argument of why you would need to play the game because then you could just buy a game that's already out that you don't have to make yourself. Mm-hmm. Which I know is kind of a weird circular logic thing. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> what was the one Microsoft uh, oh, Project um, Spark? product? Yeah, Project Spark. That's Same thing dead. happened with that. Yeah. Um, I, I liked the idea of it. I, I couldn't work out how to use that game properly. I tried to ma- I remember I tried to make this like zombie game i had to put little like aliens in instead and it, it, just, it just didn't work the way i wanted it to i i was i spent i remember spending like half an hour on like bow and arrow mechanics for a particular character and it just 
it just didn't work. So, um, yeah, we'll see if Dreams is any better. People seem to be enjoying the things that they've been making or whatever. Um, but it's not only for you to go in and make stuff. It's also for, you know, you to play what other people have made. And, you know, this could really help in a fan-made sense. But resurrect some dead IP and stuff. Things that either aren't getting released or stuff that Konami's got or whatever. Um, like, I'm sure somebody's made PT or is going to make PT on there. Um, or make new editions of, like, old games that have finished or whatever. Um, what else have you got? And, yeah, there is apparently also going to be an actual single-player story campaign, um, for Dreams. So, um, we'll see what that's about as well. But I, I'm, I'm interested. I'm interested to see what people are going to make on it and to play that sort of stuff. I'm not going to be making anything myself because I don't think I'm going to be able to. Um, but I'm excited to see how it turns out. Release date? I have no idea. Probably next year, though. So... Uh, Luke says, if if and when Google Stadia fails, uh, what do you see Google doing with everything they've built with Stadia? We are talking controllers, possible new IP, and more. Uh, Robert, we've both pretty much agreed that Stadia is uh, DOA, as it's called, dead on arrival, or this just isn't going to work. Um, what do you think Google does with the resources after Stadia uh, potentially fails? Nothing. I mean, they've got so much money and they're worth so much that they can literally do nothing with it and not care mm. that's the problem <laughs> is uh I, I mean that that is literally kind of a problem because if it starts to fail and then they, they notice it obviously they, they will because they'll have their stock and you know they'll, they'll know their numbers and everything they could just literally abandon it just like they've done with a whole bunch of other stuff uh jim sterling's done a couple of videos on it as well um on some some google stadia stuff he talked about like the just the idea of the ownership of some of those games because you have the subscription thing and then you can buy certain games on their system on their subscription thing or on their platform i suppose and it's all very sort of mixed and whatever so um i mean that's gonna yeah and remember a, uh, a couple remember a couple three podcasts ago when we talked about ouya and that being dead yeah um you know what the best-selling game on that ouya was i don't know like Texas um or something no, it was. You can buy the game on uh, PS4. It's basically a four-on-four kind of deathmatch thing, to where you're uh, like a eight-bit looking guy and you're shooting arrows at each other. It's like Daggerfall or Towerfall or something like that. Okay. Um. Anyway, it only it was the best-selling game on the Ouya, and it sold four thousand copies. That's it. Four thousand copies. Yeah. yeah. Um. Great. And so. Yeah, and so Ouya is probably just going to be the same thing. I mean, really, when you think about it. Right. Yeah, we'll see what happens with it. But they're in more of a position where they could abandon it and probably not take that much of a loss or whatever. So and I, I know confirmed of two people that have actually pre-ordered it. One is Greg Miller and one is a guy called Michael Cohen who runs um, Quiver, an Arrow podcast, the CW show Arrow. Because um, those two guys both specifically tweeted out like, hey, I've pre-ordered google stadia everyone else has either said i'm gonna get it or might get it or like has to show no interest but those are the only two people that i can definitely say have like purchased it in some way shape or form so um you have that so yeah i i, I just like we said a few times before it's just it's just way too early in terms of streaming and stuff um do you think xcloud is going to be any better because it's essentially the same uh, sort of thing. I mean, it is kind of the same thing. I don't know that it'll be any better, mm-hmm. but um, it basically is not requiring any new hardware, which is going to be the biggest barrier of entry for anybody trying to do uh, um, 
that is that it doesn't require hardware. It's basically just uh, it's there. I mean, it's just it's a function of something else that you can do, uh, but it's already just there. I do think Microsoft will definitely care more or try to put more effort into xCloud than what Google will will with Stadia. Um, like I think if if Stadia starts to fail, Google will obviously just abandon it. I think if xCloud starts to fail. Microsoft will actually try and do something different with it, or try and change it, or promote it in a different way. So, uh, it it just feels like they're trying to do something more serious with it, I suppose. Uh, and that is what we've got for you for this episode of Random Gaming Talk. Uh, thank you all very much for listening. You can find all the content that we've got on EntertainmentTalk.org. Uh, like I said, go and check out the merchandise podcast. Go and check out well all the podcasts that we've done on the website. Um, but yes, let me know your interest for merchandise. Uh, but let me ask you, Robert, how do you feel about uh, Entertainment Talk merchandise? I love the idea of it. Uh, mm-hmm. The thing is, is that with me living here in the states and you basing this out of the UK, yeah, I don't know if it's something that I'm going to be able to buy that I can afford because yeah. I mean most merchandise shirts are $25 US and I know if you try to buy it in the UK there's like more because you got the VAT and all that other fun stuff yeah um, and, and stuff. yeah and you know I don't know if it's something that I buy or want to buy in the UK if I could even really afford it because of that mm-hmm. so what about the just the general idea of us doing merchandise? Oh, I, I love the general idea of it. I'm always mm-hmm. a fan of you know showing off your fandom to other fans. So yeah, I have a lot of uh, merchandise that I've bought, um, or have been given as gifts just to show off fandom. I have a Doctor Strange uh, T-shirt that's a spoof of uh, Starry Night by Van Gogh. Hmm. Cool. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, like I said, go and check out the podcast that's out there. Or if you would, it just search for like merchandise on the website or something. It will come up uh, and let me know what you think because I explain it much more in there as well. Uh, you can support the podcast, of course, by potentially buying merchandise in the future. But the current options for you, Patreon, we're on Patreon as well. Entertainment Talk is on there. We have an Amazon affiliate link. You can shop on Amazon. We'll get a small cut. It won't cost you extra iTunes feeds, please rate, review, and subscribe to those. And of course, like I said, the American Horror Story podcast is out there on iTunes now, so please rate, review, and subscribe to that. And join me on what will probably be a crazy adventure for American Horror Story Season 9, knowing Ryan Murphy and everything. We'll see how he handles the uh, slasher side of things. But iTunes, please rate, review, and subscribe to the feeds. If you don't review the feed, you can simply rate it, tap on the star rating. That will help us as well. Uh, word of mouth, please tell your friends and family, people that you know about the website and your iTunes feeds. If you see people at work, your friends and family talking about TV shows, video games or films, let them know about entertainmenttalk.org and then let them know about the iTunes feeds or the Spotify feed or whatever, uh, however they need to be able to consume the content. Um, social media, you can share them on Facebook, retweet them on Twitter, put them in different Facebook groups if you're allowed to. Uh, video games, if you want to watch us play different video games, me and David stream on Twitch, Robert streams on Mixer. Look out this Sunday for Let's Play Sunday, 7pm uh, UK time, which is 2pm Eastern time and 11am Pacific time. Look out for that on Sunday. Uh, the first three episodes are ready to go and they'll be coming out within the next, well, the next three weeks. Um, and yes, let's hope Man United sign somebody tomorrow, otherwise we'll be in big trouble. Um, thank you very much for listening, and we'll see you next time. Goodbye. Goodbye.